The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Good morning again, everybody. Um, as we get to a time like this, in the season of, of, of we've been waiting on God, we've been fasting, we've been praying, we've been praising, you know, um, usually um, pulled in two directions emotionally. I'm, I'm, on one side, I'm really excited. I'm excited about what God is doing already. I mean, I've had testimonies and I've seen things in my own life this season that is jaw-dropping, and it could have only been God's favor. Praise the name of the Lord. So, and, and, and people's lives, I've, I've heard testimonies, and, and I'm excited about, because it's just the beginning, I'm excited about all that God is said to do from now till Sunday, and I trust God and beyond in Jesus' name, you know. So that's one side of excitement. Then I have another side, it's like I'm conflicted, I'm burdened, you know, and the the, the burden is when we come to a, a time like this and a place like this, you know, spiritually, the sad thing is, unfortunately, not, not everyone receives everything that God has for them. You know, and as a, as a pastor, it's very heartbreaking because we, 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 a lot goes into all this, you know, and to think that some people will not get the full benefit of it is saddening. But I'm praying, and we are trusting God, that the grace to receive everything that God has for you, God will give you that grace in the mighty name of Jesus. So today we are looking at all or all or nothing. All or nothing. What determines really whether we get the full benefit is whether we are all in or we are not really. To a large extent, in our faith, whether we are all in or not, in our sacrifice, whether we are all in or not, in our giving, whether we are all in or not, in our prayer, whether we are all in or not, it's usually the determinant factor. And if you look at the duality of life, life is either this way or that way. It's either day or night. There's either light or darkness. It's either that you are married or you are not. If you see anyone that is almost married, he's not married. It's either or. It's either you are pregnant or you are not. You can't be half pregnant. They said, <laughs> you know that test trip, you know? Uh, I did a test trip. It was supposed to be blue. Is it blue or? It was almost, it was 
too blue, it will come back. <laughs> I like the two never reach, never reach. You know, you can't be half. You can't, you are either male or female. You can't be a female in a male's body. Like the world is trying to tell us. You, you're, you're a male, but you are female inside. So, so you like to do like, you know, so, I mean, oh, come on. <laughs> and the, 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 the duality of life is, is big, is huge. Because when it comes to the most important thing in life, it's either this or that. There's no middle ground. In the things that matters most in life, it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. If we take a poll here, some of us will say, we are all or nothing people. Some of us would say, we are gray area people, you know, we are not really all or nothing people. Okay, let's, let's try. I, you think you're an all or nothing person? Let me see your hands up. I think, you think I'm all or nothing? Okay, put on put your hand. It's fine. Um, if you think I see in gray, it doesn't have to be white or black. I can see, I mean, it doesn't mean you are bad now. Put up your hand. I know you are there. Okay, yeah. A few bold people. Now, the, the, the point is this. Regardless of our personalities, when things matters most, we all want all or nothing. We all want all or nothing. When we look at uh, the closest relationships, which is what matters most, that's where we start from. When you look at your closest relationships, you want all or nothing. If you have siblings, you want either they have your back or you want to know if they don't. If you're married, you have a spouse. <laughs> How many people want a spouse that is, is in between? I want a spouse that when there's trouble, I, I can't count on how, count on him. Um, they will sit on the fence. Anybody? Nobody. Regardless of your personality. Regardless. So when things matters most, we all want all or nothing. All or nothing. None of us will go to a practice that says we are a medically legal firm. We are not sure whether we are lawyers or doctors. But if you have legal problems, we can attend to you. If you have medical problems, bring it. We can attend to you. Nobody will go there. Why won't we go there? Because it's, it's all or nothing. We want all or nothing. Increasingly, we have people and a generation that wants to stay in the middle. So we have words like adulting. You know, that's the trending world in the U.S. for young adults. They say they don't want to be adults. They are still adulting. You know, it's, it's, it's in the process. So we have people that want to cohabit. You know, we don't, no strings attached, but 
you know, we are friends with benefit. You can just, you know, we share the rent and we are, we are cool. When the rubber meets the road, you are not sure where anybody stands. But you want to be sure that the people that should have your back have your back. Praise the name of the Lord. So I'm, so I'm going to ask um, two of my friends to come up and we're going to have a, a, a little bit conversation. I want to find out, I mean, where they are on this issue, you know, um, in their generation. So let's put our hands together for Zion and Munachi as they come forward and have a real-life conversation. Pastor. Hi, Munachi. Hi, Zion. How old are you, Munachi? You have your mic. I'm eight years. Good. How old are you, Zion? Eleven. Eleven. Do you have friends, Zion? Yes. I guess. <laughs> Do you have friends, Munachi? Yes, you do. Okay, so let me just go straight to it. If you have friends, you have a friend that's supposed to be your best friend, and it's your um, tenth birthday, right? And ninth birthday, okay? And it's your <laughs> you have your mic. Use your mic. And it's your ninth birthday, right? Um, would you like a friend? your friend, to stay home and say, I'm watching cartoons, or would you like them to be at your birthday party? If you have no, a birthday party. You won't what? I won't like them to stay home and watch TV. Oh, why? Rather than come to my birthday If they do that, how would you feel? Hurt. Hurt. And alone. And alone. So, you want your friends to be all in? Yes. Yes. Zion. Because that's what the birthday party is about. <laughs> Zion, what about you? You have um, a birthday party and you invited a few of your friends to come and celebrate with you and they said, no, we want to go play football. Which would you want? Your friend to go play football or be at your birthday party? To be at my birthday party. To be at your birthday party. Which kind of parents do you want? The parents that will you know will be there to pay your school fees and take care of you, give you a roof over your head, give you food on the table, give you clothes on your back with suspenders, and <laughs> or a parent that you are not even sure if you are going to eat tomorrow. Which do you want? The one that is all in, that will always be sure that she will give me food and clothes and everything I need. Okay, so I'm going to ask my final question, which I didn't get to ask the other guys because of time. What advice do you have for people that are not all in when they are needed the most? It's your choice. You're either all in or, all, or nothing. Or nothing? Yes. What advice would you have for them? Mm. <laughs> what advice would you have for people that are watching cartoons, 
when they should be at their best friend's party? Well, if the party concerns happiness, I would rather scold them. You will scold them. So they should be scolded. You say it's their choice. Because cartoon is a very, very, very big distraction. Let's put our together for Bunachi and Zion. <laughs> so Zion says, well, it's their choice. You know, that, that, that's our demand. You know, man, you know, is, they've made their choice. You know, Bunachi says they should be scolded because the party is a... Praise God. What did Jesus say in Revelation 3? Revelation 3, verse... Revelation 3, verse 15. It says, I know the things you do. It says that you are neither hot or cold. It says, I wish you were one or the other. It says, but since you are lukewarm... You are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold. I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, Jesus was speaking to the Laodicean church. I was explaining at the ATM service that the Laodicean church, the, the, the Laodicea, the position of Laodicea as a city is very unique because it's, it's, they have a mountain that when cold water flows from the top of the mountain, by the time it gets to Laodicea, the water is lukewarm. In fact, they described it as sickening. When you taste the water, it's like sickening. They have a hot spring deep down in the valley. If, if they fetch hot, bubbly water from the spring, by the time they get to their city, the water is lukewarm, it's sickening. So whether they get the water from the mountain or from the valley, by the time it gets to their city, it's sickening and they don't like it. They, they will either boil it or cool it off and they will not take it like that. And Jesus was saying to them, that is exactly how you have become as a people. When you are all, when you are not all or nothing, you are lukewarm. I can't deal with you. I can't handle that. I can't handle that. The same way we can't handle our spouses to be um, neither here nor there. We can't stand it. The same way we can't stand our children or our best friend to be neither here nor there. We want them to take a stand. We want them to be either in or out. We want all or nothing. So Jesus was saying in that scripture that, listen guys, you have to make up your mind. What is it going to be? The interesting thing is this. When it comes to spiritual things, it's either all or nothing. When it comes to spiritual things, there is no middle ground. There's no middle ground. It's either you are on the Lord's side or or you are not. You can't say, um, I'm, not, um, I'm, I'm not really on the Lord's side, but I am for the Lord. God says, no, 
you have to be somewhere. Where are you? Are you on the Lord's side or are you not on the Lord's side? Jesus has to be all, completely all, or Jesus is nothing to you. You cannot be in the middle. So Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And there are people sitting in this place You have things in your houses. You have charms. You have amulets. You have tiras. You have things that they've been giving you. Sometimes they are disguised in a cross. It's cross that has white thread around it. They said, you will be here that I should tell you, you need to get rid of it. If you do not, we are pressing into more intensity of fire, of power, of favor. You need to be on the right side. Praise the name of the Lord. Get rid of it. It could be a band. It could be, oh, I just had this thing, you know. You know, it's not really harmless. It is. It's not harmless. It's not harmful. It's really harmless. It is harmful. Praise God. You know, it is harmful. I mean, I've shared t- uh, this before. Uh, years ago, um, there was someone that w- w- I went to pray with, and she said she had dreams every time something is always pressing her and choking her, and pressing her neck and choking her, you know, and all that. So we are like, okay, let's, let's pray. We felt we should go to the house to pray. So we went to the house to pray. So, and, and as we were praying, and we felt that, there's something in, in, this, in, in this room, in, 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 in our room. It says, can we go to your room? So we went to, to, to the room, and we were praying. And I'm like, and I'm like, there's something under your bed. What's there? What's there? There's nothing. What is under your bed? She says, oh, well, it's just this artifact, you know, that we brought. We traveled to the Caribbean. So they brought, they, it's, it's like, okay, bring it out. So she, she brought, it, brought it out. It's, it's a statue of a warrior that has his prey, has a ne- the leg on the neck of, of, the, of the prey. It's an idol. She says, no, it's just a work of art. I'm like, you can be cool or you can be spiritual. You cannot be two. What's it going to be? She says, so what are you trying to say? It's not, it's um, neutral. It's, I say, it, this thing is not neutral, the thing that is pressing you down when you are sleeping. <sighs> Am I saying all work of art is demonic? No. Absolutely not. If that's what you are hearing, that's not what I'm saying. That particular one was. And for some of us, we have things that were. So, so she, she brought it out and we burnt it. The thing they don't want to burn. But we burnt it. Then <laughs> she says, oh, let's do the deliverance prayer. I said, that's all. The prayer is finished. There's no need to pray anymore. And that was the end of the oppression. Praise the name of the Lord. You, you need to understand. You need to understand that 
It's either all or nothing. It can't be this and that. It can't be this and that. In fact, the truth is, someone said, be all in or get all out. <laughs> There's no halfway. It's, be all in or get out. Is that yeah? All in or get out. Or get all out. There's no halfway. We'll look at three stories in the Bible and we'll close from there. The first that we're going to look at is the story of Esther. In Esther chapter 4, from verse 1. Esther 4 1. All or nothing. When Mordecai learned about all that had been done, Mordecai was Esther's uncle. He tore his clothes and put, up, put on ashes, went into the city, crying with a loud and bitter wail. He went as far as the gate of the palace, for no one was allowed to enter the place, the palace gate, with, while wearing clothes of mourning. Again, I've explained that. If you're going to be great, you must have boundaries. There are people that are in a certain way that should not be allowed past a certain boundary in your life. The palace had that. You cannot come in ashes. You, you are either in or out. You cannot be in with ashes. If you are in ashes, you are out. In our lives, we must have boundaries where people with spiritual ashes cannot come past. Does that make sense? Praise the name of the Lord. And as news of the king's decree reached all the provinces, there was a great mourning among the Jews, and they also fasted and wept and wailing, and many lay in ashes. When Queen Esther's maid and Enoch came and told her about Mordecai, she was deeply distressed. She sent clothing to him to replace the ballop and ashes, but he refused it. Now, the lesson here for you and I is that there are certain positions you have to take, and you must remain in that position until you see the answers to your prayers. Praise the name of the Lord. While you are in that position, you will get offers of royal clothing. This was the queen sending clothes to her uncle. I can assure you, they are beautiful clothes. They are royal clothes. But Mordecai refused it. Many times we take clothes that we shouldn't take that delay the breakthrough that we are trusting God for. Classic example, we are fasting and by the grace of God, um, this is the final week of the three-week fast, right? Praise God. Are you not happy we are in the final week already? Okay. So, for instance, you were in your office and week one, you resisted all the temptations, you know, all the food you brought from break time, you know, you were praying, plugged in, listening to praise and worship. But week two, you know, everybody has that food that 
we always catch your nose. They brought in your favorite asaro, red with oil, with dodo, and you know, and the thing was just, you know how, you know how it's still sizzling, and the smell just passed your nose. Ah, and you're like, this day 14, God will understand. <laughs> so, they, 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 they brought it to you, and they forgot you were fasting. They brought it to you, it was on your table. They have say, oh, sorry, you are not. They say, wait, 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 wait. Put it, leave it, it's okay. <laughs> and you chop their sorrow. <laughs> uh, purely because it was from the palace. Many people had short-circuited things that God is doing. Just because they are tempted with beautiful things. I'm not, I know some people, sometimes they have to take medications. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's definitely what I'm saying. I know some people in the middle of the fast, they discover they are pregnant. They have to stop fasting. I tell them to stop fasting. That's not what I'm saying. But that's a simple example. Mordecai said no. Mordecai said no. I shared a story last night while I was about to sleep, early hours of this morning, actually. You know, I think I finished preparing, you know. I was about to sleep, you know. I was, I was about to cover my head, and I had a video call. Now, the video call came from somebody that I will take the person's call even while I'm in bed. It's okay, you know. So I took the person's call, you know, and, and the person said after, oh, sorry, what time is it? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so what's the problem? So the person said, by the way, why are you always sleeping on the couch or on the floor? When I, when I see that you're lying on the floor or on the couch, don't you have a bed? <laughs> I said to the person, there are things I'm believing God for that I said to God, I will not sleep on the bed until you answer my prayers. I'm going to be sleeping on the floor and on the couch until you answer my prayers. And I've done that, I will tell you, for how many years? It's going to take one year. To, I don't care. Heaven will answer. So the person says, so what, what, is the, what are the issues? What, what is the prayer point? Whatever. So it's not your business. It's between me. There are positions you should take spiritually and not flinch regardless, except you are okay with where you are. Except the average is comfortable. But if you want to be outstanding, if you want to move mountains, really, you have to take a position. I had a friend. We used to pray together. Huh. He was going through a very difficult time. And all of a sudden, I saw, I'm not prescribing this for anybody, by the way. I'm just telling you, my own came out of my heart. Conviction. I didn't say you should start sleeping on the floor. Is that what I said? No. Uh -huh. And I'm not saying you should do what my friend did. His bed was growing. His bed was growing. I'm like, oh boy, what's going on? 
Are you not going to shave? He said, this prayer point we are praying, until God answers, is not shaving. It was ugly. But I'm happy to tell you that God answered. <laughs> he shifted it. You know, <laughs> unbelievable. He shifted it. Even I was amazed. I was like, wow. Then he, he shaved his beard. <laughs> I'm not saying you should keep your beard. So he refused it. Verse 5. Then Esther sent for Atak, one of the king's eunuchs, who had been appointed as an attendant. So she ordered him to go to Mordecai and find out what was troubling him and why he was mourning. So Atak went out <laughs> to meet Mordecai in the square in the front, in the palace gate. And Mordecai told him the whole story, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. I and mean, let's pause there again. I mean, that is so, so revealing. It's amazing how far the enemy is willing to go for the destruction of God's people. Haman was paying to ro the royal treasury. This was one of the strongest kings in the world. The treasury was not poor. This was, and Amon was willing to sacrifice to see the end of the Jews. I'm sorry to break this to you. There are forces and people that are willing to sacrifice to see that you are destroyed. But they will fail Amen. in the name of Jesus. But pastor, you know, you know, life is easy. If I don't offend anybody, nobody will be angry with me. Lie. If there is light, the duality of life is that there's what? There's darkness. If there's supernatural power, positive supernatural power, the duality of life means that there's what? There's negative supernatural power. But the beauty is that light will always overcome darkness. Good will always overcome evil. But to think that there's no darkness is foolishness. The things, the people of the world are willing, the sacrifices they are willing to take to eradicate the church in Nigeria, it's unbelievable if they tell you, but they will all fail. The steps they are taking to eradicate God's people in Nigeria, they will all fail. But to think that's not the case is foolishness. It's foolishness. There are people that are determined. They are determined to take your wives. Do you know that? They are determined to take your wife. Some people are determined to take your husband. Say, so, no, Pastor, you don't understand. We are cool. We don't have any of such. <laughs> but that's the truth. That's the truth. I discovered that these jazz people, they are on Instagram. I didn't know that they sell, young, a lot of young ladies that are not Christians, I believe. They have all these things they put here. That when they buy it, I can't remember the name. 
yeah, the Tiro, but there's, there's a name. Kayamatanga. <laughs> what? Kayamata. Uh, you people know it. <laughs> Kayamaga Macha. Whatever. It's packaged in a trendy way. Now, you are a man, you are out there, you think there are girls that have called your name on Kayamata. <laughs> you cannot afford to be neutral. You cannot afford to be docile. You have to be on fire. They have called your name in the mirror and they have done this. Then they come to see you. Then they, they just flash. And they say to them that once you do like this to him, he will follow you. And men that are not covered and protected, follow them. You think you are the one having fun. They are using your destiny and your glory. They are the ones having fun. But God will break that power in the name of Jesus. God will break that power. The extent at which people will go, I mean, it's unbelievable. You have to be fortified. You have to be what? You have to be fortified. It's all or nothing. I gave the example of ATM service how years ago, <laughs> I had two sisters come to my office and they gave um, the older one, young ladies, the older one gave me a present, you know, cufflinks, and, you know, I thanked them, prayed for them, and they left, and I looked at the cufflinks. The cufflinks was so nice. He had a manual. Cufflinks had a manual. He had a, a warranty. He had, you know, it was just beautiful. And it was time to go home. I was about to pack my table, and I felt the Holy Ghost say to me, don't take that home. And I said, okay. Because the first principle in the prophetic, I've taught you guys, prophecy 101, every time God speaks, your response must be what? Yes, Lord. That is your response. You have to take a posture of obedience. That's your response. You don't have any other response, regardless of what he says. If he says, take your son, your only son, like I said to Abraham, your response is what? So, I didn't take it home. Time passed, a couple came to see me. I felt God saying to me, give the man the cufflinks. I mean, I said, this one? I said, yes. yes. This very one? Yes. Yes, Lord. <laughs> so, I gave him the cufflinks. Then the younger sister came to my office. And after all the pleasantries, she looked at me boldly. And she said, you didn't wear that cufflinks. And I said, I wore it, Joe. I said, no. She said, you did not wear it. She was so convinced. So I was kidding. I was like, I wore it. She said, you didn't wear it. I said, I wore it. She said, you didn't wear it. Okay. I said, okay, I didn't wear it. 
What about the conflict? She said, every church we go to, my elder sister gives the pastor the cufflinks that they call it handcuffs. That that week does not pass. The pastor shows up in their house and sleeps with her elder sister. We waited for you. You didn't come. I said, you will wait until you go to hell. <laughs> it cannot work. Only work. Of the Holy Ghost. Only work. By the grace of God. She gave her life to Jesus. She got baptized. She said that she believed that all this pain of God are all fake. That they want your money or they want to get under your skirt. Says, but I need to, you, I need to follow, I need to give my life to Jesus. And she did. Everyone, to the glory of God, to the glory of God, everyone that has put something in their eye to look at you, to seduce you, to entrap you, that eye will go blind. In the name of Jesus. So many say amen. Tell a pastor, do you want to spoil the show? <laughs> it's because you don't know. That's why you think it's show. If you knew how they take glories. Some people have lost. They don't even have glory zero. But yours will be restored. Amen. It's what? All or? Nothing. It is all or nothing. All or nothing. You see, after that encounter, I now am more empathetic to pastors that are here at Messinov. Do you understand? I'm, I don't, before I used to be more judgmental. But after that story, I was more empathetic. I, ah, no, this thing is dangerous. <laughs> so, if God has not called you, don't do it. Just stay and be a capital. Okay? And God will protect you in Jesus' name. In the world, you diversify your risks. You, you spread your investments, that is. You, you diversify your portfolio. In God, you put all your eggs in one basket. And you hand over that basket to God. You put all your eggs in one basket and you hand it over to God. And that was what, if you continue that story, that was what we see Esther say. That if I perish, I perish. I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. The world is saying to us, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, what if God fails? You must have another option. The way I am and where you should be is, God, if you fail, I'm in trouble. If you fail, I don't have any other option. If you fail, let me fail. But God will not fail. So I will not fail. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I have a lot to say on this. Okay. I'm tell you, I'm tell you one more story. Then I go to the next one. Years ago, 
God gave me an instruction. He said I should do certain things. And I did. And it was so costly that I felt, I felt I'm losing out of life. I knew I was doing what God wants me to do. But I felt that I'm, I'm, I'm losing out of things. Things are happening. I'm seeing guys are doing stuff. And I, here was I obeying God. And God said to me, I was at Joss at the conference. I was praying. And God said to me that he used the story of, of um, Rebecca. And Jacob. And he said to me, Femi, if you become a curse, let the curse be on me. He says, if you become a disgrace, then I have become a disgrace. That day I was free. I was, I said, where else do you want me to go? <laughs> Looking back, 21 years after, I'm grateful I obeyed God. Praise the name of the Lord. All or nothing is for our own good. Why? Because God can't walk until we commit. He can't. And not just commit until we commit our all to him. The second story we are going to look at is the story of Jehoash. Jehoash, or Jehoash, as the translation puts it, in 2 Kings 13, was a king of Israel. And in 2 Kings 13, from verse 14 to 19, it says, when Elisha was in his last illness, King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioters of Israel. He cried. Elisha told him, get a bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on your bow. And Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. Then he commanded, open that eastern window. And he opened it and he said, shoot. So he shot an arrow. And Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram. For you will, how? How will you destroy Aram? Completely conquer the Arameans in effect. That is the first component of spiritual victory. There is the spiritual proclamation. There's the prophetic proclamation. The prophetic proclamation is the first component of spiritual victory. And it goes on. It says, then he said, now you are going to do the second one. The first is prophetic proclamation. The second is prophetic demonstration. It says, now pick the arrows, the other arrows, and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them and struck the ground three times, but the man of God was upset 
angry with him because he stopped at three. He says, you should have struck the ground five or six times. He exclaimed. He says, then you would have beaten Aram. There are certain things that are representing Aram in your marriages, in your businesses, in your health, in your finances. You will completely wipe them out. In the mighty name of Jesus. So we see here that the two components of spiritual victory is prophetic declaration and prophetic action. With the prophetic declaration, Elisha said to Jehoash that this is the arrow of deliverance. Another translation says, deliver us from Syria. You will completely destroy Syria. Your victory will be complete. That was the prophetic proclamation. But the prophetic demonstration must also be complete. If the prophetic demonstration is not complete, the prophetic proclamation will not be fulfilled. There will be victory as far as the prophetic demonstration goes. Does that make sense? So he struck three times and Elisha said you will win three times. But was Elisha lying? He just said you will win completely. The two work together. There are things that can be done for you prophetically. But there are things that you have to do for yourself. What should he have done, the king? He should have, I mean, he should have, in his mind, see the face of the king of Aram on the floor. And pa, pa, pa. Elisha should be holding him that it's okay. Say, let me strike him. Let me strike him. That's, that's what should have happened. But he was complacent. His life played out. If we see the text that um, Zion read earlier on in, in Matthew 10, verse 40, verse 40 of it says, anyone who receives you receives me, and anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. If you, so if, if, if there's a prophetic declaration and you receive it, it is not that what you are receiving from a man. No, you are receiving it from who? From God. That is how it is. That is how it is. So you have to be decisive. You have to be decisive. Make up your mind. I'm going to give it what it takes. In James 1, James 1 verse 6, it says, don't be wavering. If you waver like a sea, it's not likely you will get anything from God. You are either in or out. It is all or nothing. As we approach these days of vigil, I want to encourage you. Give it your best. Let heaven know. By the time we are done on Friday, let heaven know that and proclaim that, ah, finally, you have broken the back of Aram. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, yes, that will be your story. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
So the first story is the story of Esther. Second story is the story of Jehoash. The third story is the story of Joshua. Or Jehoshua. Or Jehoshua. Joshua chapter 5 from verse 13. Joshua chapter 5 from verse 13 to 14. It says, when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you a friend or a foe? Friend or foe. Now, what do you do when you are about to wage war the following day and you see some big, huge man with his sword drawn? What? And you don't, you don't, it doesn't look like one of your people. What do most people do? They will run away. They run away. But not Joshua. Joshua stepped up and confronted him. Tell me, are you for us? Or against us. So we know how to deal with you. Praise the name of the Lord. (laughs) And this man, obviously, which was the pre-incarnate Christ, definitely, said, neither. I am not for you. I am not against you. And that's a dimension of spiritual warfare that we all should be aware of. Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. I am the commander of the host of heaven, of the armies of heaven. At this, when Joshua heard this, he fell on his face to the ground in reverence. He says, I am at your command. There cannot be two captains in a ship. I am the commander of my own army. I've met the commander of heaven's armies. I bow. I submit to you. So, me and my troop, we are on your, we are on your side. Joshua said, what do you want your servant to do? Many times, we are so consumed with we versus them. We versus them. And when we come to church, and we seek God at this time, All we want is God to join me so that we can fight my enemies. But God is saying to you, I have not come to join you. I've come to check, will you join me to destroy my enemies, which happen to be your enemies. But the alliance, allegiance is key because it is not a question of if God is on your side. The question is, are you on God's side? Are you on God's side? That's the question. The question is, if, if God is on my side, are you on God's side? Things are about to change dramatically in your favor. The host of heavens have lined up. The question is, are you on God's side? Or are you running your own agenda? Is it going to be God's agenda? Or is it going to be your agenda? Let's bow down our hearts as we bow down our heads. Oh, Father, we thank you.
And let's talk to God about what we've heard. The question is not if God is on your side. The question is, are you on God's side? Talk to God. Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. For some of us, we have surrendered some to God. But now you want to surrender all to God. You know that surrendering some to God cannot take you there. You want to surrender all to God. You're saying, Pastor, can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. That is me. I've surrendered some to God, but now I want to surrender all. I want to give all. Put up your hand now over your, over your head. God bless you, sir. God bless you. There's a hand there. If you are saying, there's a, there's a hand there. Give, give, give him the card. Give her the card. There's a, God bless you, my sister. God bless you. That is me. That is me. God bless you, my, God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. Right here. God bless you. That is me. That is me. Pastor, God bless you. God bless you. Oh, you're saying, I, I, it used to be my all, but I have taken some back. Can I give him all again? Yes, God bless you. Right there. If you are surrendering, put your hands up until you get a card. There's nothing to be ashamed about. This is all or nothing. God bless you, my brother. Right here in front. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, my sister. Once you have the card, you can pull down your hand and, and, and say to God, I'm surrendering my all. God bless you. Another hand there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That is me. Father in heaven, we thank you. Thank you for your sons and your daughters that you are drawing to yourself today. We ask in the name of Jesus that you breathe upon them, Lord. Make their lives an example of those that are aligned with the commander of the host of heaven. In the name of Jesus. Every one of us, Lord, we pray as we step into this week of the visions, empower us to engage, empower us to prevail. We come and we submit to your captainship. We submit to your lordship. You fight the battles. You take control of the engagements and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. Honor and glory be given to you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Amen. Let's pray together for the Lord.